We are live for Q and Assault Week 10. We're doing it from uh, a different area in the office. So if this feels different, it's because it is. I'm in the uh, the podcast studio. This is where we film multi-people types of content. So if uh, things get a little wonky or freaky, excuse me. I excuse you. I don't give a... I don't care. Uh, it's week 10 right now. So Cune Assault, it's private. You can't get in here unless you are a Big Dog member. You can join by going to bdge.co. Every Saturday I go live. Uh, I chill with you guys. We go over some sit-start questions, whatever questions that y'all have. It could be Dynasty. They could be Trade. They could be waiver Wire. It don't matter. But we'll try to give you uh, as much personal advice as I possibly can. And that's why we're here today. I don't, I don't know about wearing headphones right now. I don't, I don't need to hear myself. But as we always do, I want to start off by going through any uh, weather concerns that we might have for the game. So this is from rotogrinders.com. You could always just search that for free. Go to Google rotogrinders.com, NFL weather, whatever. And they will pull in any games that you should be notified of as it relates to the weather. If it is green, there, there are some like weather concerns, but nothing that actually impacts any fantasy type status. So you have Indy at New England, which is actually in Germany uh, tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, I believe. They have a roof, so no worries here. I'm not sure why they even would throw that up on the uh, screen there. But you have San Francisco at Jacksonville. You have Washington at Seattle, and you have Denver at Buffalo, all yellow. So there is an orange and there is a red alert for weather. Yellow is the the one right above green, so there's not huge worries, but it is something maybe to keep in mind, like for San Fran at Jacksonville. A bit breezy here, wind sustained around 15 miles per hour, uh, with gusts likely in the 25 to 30 mile per hour range. So it's not nothing. Maybe it's a tiebreaker. Maybe it you know, steers you off of uh, a deep threat because deep passing can be affected by those types of gusts of winds, et cetera, et cetera. So I just kind of want to make y'all aware of this. How are we doing? Uh, there are a few people in here. I don't, I don't see anybody chirping yet, though. Any questions I could help y'all out with for week 10, your lineups, your sit starts, anything at all. That's what we're here for. That's why you love me. That's why I love you. I might just need to put the laptop up on my lap now that I'm thinking about it. Did I? Am I running this incorrectly? Because we haven't had a single anyone saying anything yet, which makes me feel like I fucked something up. If someone's out there, please say something. If you could hear me. Hello. There we go. We got Tindy. Tindy in the house. How we doing? Let me get the questions flowing in there. Nice and succinctly. Hi. Hi, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Starting to feel like a fucking psychopath over here. How do you feel about James Cook and Cortland Sutton for Pacheco? I would take the Pacheco side there. I think I feel more comfortable with what his role will be going forward than both of those guys. Sutton's been pretty good. He's had his his good games. But I kind of feel like we'll see a maybe change of strategy for the Denver Broncos over the second half of the year. Like, they need to do something. They need to cook up a little little something, something, see what they have in Marvin Mims, see what they got going forward. Because uh, I don't think they're trying to win anything this year. And Sean Payton's probably trying to, like, rebuild for the future. It's the reason that Judy and Sutton were involved in every fucking trade talk, every trade rumor that 
uh, graced our, our phone screens for the last three weeks or so. Um, so Sutton and James Cook, I'm a little bit uneasy about their about their role for the second half of the year. And I do like James Cook, but him and Pacheco are um, kind of stratospheres away in terms of like weekly upside. James Cook just never really scores touchdowns, whereas Pacheco, I feel like on a given week, if the Chiefs end up having game script that favors Pacheco, can have a monster game, you know, 100 yards, two touchdowns. So um, the delta between Pacheco and Cook for me is not – Cortland Sutton it's probably a little bit more for that so I I actually really like the uh, Pacheco side there thank you Anna you're my only friend I'm just super deep and I have two or three solid guys on my bench every week well yeah I mean listen that that's like the beauty of if you draft well or if you trade well or whatever like when you start to have a lot of depth that is when you trade that's when you attack the trade market right you have a few solid guys on the bench you start to put together packages for teams that are struggling right like teams that are struggling tend to have um a lot of holes in their lineup, and those are the ones that you try to attack. Because you have a lot of solid guys. You probably have a very good team. You probably have a good record. But you might have a team that's 3-5 and five or whatever the record would be at this point, entering week 10, so like 4-5 four and four and five or something like that on the outside of the playoffs looking in. They might need holes to be filled, tight end, wide receiver, running back. You package together like bottom, like low-end RB2s, high-end RB3s, and wide receiver, th- uh, wide receiver threes, RB3s, tight end threes, whatever throw him at a guy like that who has no use for one huge upside player. And those flips tend to happen relatively easy. And as you get deeper into the season as well, I will say it's less and less important to have uh, a ton of depth. And the closer you get to the playoffs, the more important it is just to have super high upside, really solidified starting lineups, right? Because there are fewer bye weeks as, as the season progresses, of course. And you're just looking for your best shot every single week. Um, so obviously injuries can happen at any point, but like the starting lineup is it, it, it's it's two graphs, you know, interchanging. Whereas the beginning of the year, like depth is really good because there's so much uncertainty, right? Like players lose their their jobs, players get hurt, uh, there's bye weeks and stuff. That uncertainty starts to shrink the deeper we get into the actual NFL season. Full PPR: Kareem Hunt or James Conner this week? All right, so James Conner. Um, I'm going to pull up the matchups. Give me a sec. James Conner returns from IR along with uh, Kyler Murray. Um, Along with Kyler Murray to play against my beautiful, disgusting, making me fucking sick on a weekly basis, Atlanta Falcons. However, we still are a uh, extremely tough run defense we are first in epa uh per run on the defensive front so we're not easy to run against i do think there's a chance that kyler actually just plays really well i think most people are going to be expecting him to probably start slow not really run the ball much um i think that the cardinals will actually be pretty good in this game um with those guys back at full strength i don't know like james Conner coming back from the IR makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, you t- typically see skill players when they come back from multi-week injuries have lower production, um, mostly based on lower touch volumes than what they were averaging prior to that week. Um, and I remember looking at this over a pretty large sample size. I did a little did a little study myself on this. Um, we usually see a decrease in like twenty-five to thirty percent in terms of overall volume, like touches, targets, receptions, etc. 
from guys coming back from multi-week injuries. So James Conner makes me a little bit nervous. Kareem Hunt has been very involved, though Jerome Ford has kind of taken over as like the ish guy there for Cleveland. Came back from the high ankle sprain, 20 touches last week, or 20 carries last week, excuse me. Um, so all that being said, I think I, I think I would lean towards James Conner. Because I think they've just shown they want to use him in a workhorse role, and I don't think they trust anybody behind him. So uh, even a less than 100% James Conner in a workhorse role seems to be more enticing than Kareem Hunt versus the Baltimore Ravens, who might just be like the most ferocious fucking defense in the NFL right now. Full PPR, Rashad White or Tony Pollard? Wow, okay, this is, uh, this is a kind of an interesting question because we have Tony Pollard going against the Giants. They're 17 and a half point favorites so if there's ever going to be like a game where the running backs can really eat in dallas it's going to be this one and they're going to have a ton of field position a ton of scoring opportunities and you have rashad white who's been kind of red hot just in terms of pass catching they get tennessee tennessee's kind of like an overhyped run defense i think at this point they were really hot to start the year but i don't think they've really kept that up um that should be like a sneaky fun game i think i think ultimately i'd go tony pollard there this is like the game script of all game scripts, and if he's ever going to get it done, it will be this week. I'm not really sure that he's that much better of a pure running back than Rashad White is at this point, but I like the situation, and I like the matchup a little more, so I'm going to go Pollard. Half PBR, I got to start two. I know they are tough options. I got a hurt team this week. We have Singletary, we have Kate Otten, and we have Charbonnet. That's, that, that's, I kind of like this. This is an interesting one. So uh, on the back end of this, we have Charbonnet, who's, taking more snaps, got more touches than Kenneth Walker for the most part over um, over the last couple of weeks. But I do think as Kenneth Walker gets healthier, he's completely removed from the injury report, which again does not mean he's 100%, but the matchup's really good against Washington. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Washington's obviously like decimated on the defensive line, giving up Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So I think, I think, there's, I think his floor is a little bit better than his upside. And then you look at Devin Singletary, where Damian Pierce is going to be out again. They play the Bengals. The Bengals have played well. I do think Singletary probably plays a bigger role in the pass, uh, pass catching category this week, and he will be like the guy in that backfield for whatever it's worth. They haven't really ran the ball uh, a lot slash effectively because CJ Stroud is playing so well. And why the fuck would you waste touches on on carries when you can let that man sling the ball? You have K. Dotton, who is kind of red hot right now, at least coming off the best game of the season, seventy yards, two touchdowns. And my worry with Kate Otten, he runs so many routes. Like, he's on the field 95% of the time. But Kate Otten's one of those dudes that we're perennially, perennially, is that how you say it? Perennially excited about, like, on a week-by-week basis where he'll have a week like last week, and he's had them before last year. And then he just falls off the face of the earth. So I think, um, I think Charbonnet and Otten actually have a similar ceiling. I think when it comes to floor, Chabonet's got an enticing floor. Otten's floor can kind of fall out from underneath him. Singletary's got an interesting floor as well. So if I have to fill a flex spot, I'd just be yapping sometimes. Sorry. I like to work through, like to work through in real time the way that I'm thinking about each one of these players. Um Singletary kind of stinks right now. I think as crazy as it sounds, I think I'd go Charbonnet here. I think I'd go Charbonnet. I think he's very involved in this offense, and I think the game script's going to be in their favor. I don't want to go with Otten. Like I, I, there, there's there's a part of me that wants to to lean Otten here, but the, I think the floor is just too risky, man. 
Uh, Cheryl, what up? Hello, Nick. Don't have any real questions this week. Logged in to hear what everyone was saying because I don't, because I really don't have that many options. So just trying to get some info for the future. That's what's up. Well, if you think of any, feel free to drop them because it does not seem like we, uh, we got a ton going on right now. As we get deeper into the season, this is typically what happens. Like once we hit November-ish, um, a lot of people just kind of drop their interest in fantasy altogether. They're either out of the leagues or a lot of our audience is people who start to get ready, you know, at the end of August, early September, um, very, very late to the season. And they're not like diehard fantasy players whatsoever. So we start to see a lot of like just the overall engagement and the view counts and stuff like that drop off a little bit towards this part of the year. Um, so overall interaction is is down a bit, which means y'all get to hang out with me like we're on a date, you know? I'm not paying the check, but you get all the other upside of it. As what's up, Ridley or Watson? Oh, boy. They both stress me out, but I need to start one. Um, I'm definitely going Ridley here. I just I, I don't think Watson has proved anything to really anyone at this point. And I think uh, the matchup is not as tricky on paper as it may seem for um, for Calvin Ridley against the, assuming, yeah, we're definitely talking about Calvin Ridley, um, against the Niners. They, they, they can be beat via uh, alpha wide receivers here. I'll go Rid. Do you like... My RBs being Bijan, Aaron Jones, Pacheco. I'm stacked to wide receiver with CD, Ayuk, Collins, Higgins, Pittman. Yeah. Um, I will say you don't have like a reliable uppercut there at the running back position. Like your receivers are awesome. And I think all three of those running backs can be argued. All in all, like I, I'd be happy with the team. If you made no changes, I think you'll be fine. But Bijan, Aaron Jones, Pacheco all kind of flirt with that like borderline RB1, RB2 ranking spot, right? Like RB11 to RB14. I kind of feel like all three of these guys would fall into that range. So you feel good, but you don't have a, a sure thing on a weekly basis where it does feel like you have that with CD or Ayuk or any of those guys realistically. So if you wanted to make moves, I think you for sure could do that. Like I think you could package Higgins and Pacheco or Higgins and even Aaron Jones or Bijan or something and really like move up there. Um a lot of times the way I look at like my teams, it's kind of if, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know you probably realistically uh, looking at the names probably feels like you should have more production up to this point, And you probably haven't got as much production from those guys as you kind of assumed you would. But right now, I think you're kind of sitting in the, dri at the driver's seat where most of those bad days or bad weeks from those three guys in particular, like the bad days are behind us. Whereas Pacheco is a full blown starter right now. Started off a little slow in the beginning of the year because they were splitting snaps, et cetera. Uh, Aaron Jones, obviously, the injury is behind him. We saw him get RB1 workload, so his best days are for sure ahead of him. Um, Bijan, it's hard to it's hard to tell what what you're going to get from Bijan on a given a given basis, to be honest. But or a given week, I should say. Sorry. Oh no, I love the team, but I I do think it it, it would be fine to look to upgrade if you could if you wanted to. And I, and I rank all those running backs like super similarly. I do think you'll get more bang for your buck by moving a Bijan if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to upgrade there. Jamar Chase doesn't play this week. Who's worth starting on the Bengals? That's interesting because Higgins is going to be out. I think Tyler Irwin is probably one of the dudes that you want to look at 
um, or Trent Irwin, sorry, um, that you want to look at in that receiving group. Uh, Andre Yoshivash is another one. Let, let's let's take a little deeper of a look, though, into um, the snap counts. Chase Boyd, obviously, you know, Boyd's a, that, that was an obvious one. I didn't think I needed to bring that up, but um, Trent Irwin should see a boost for sure. Um, the other guys, the, the problem is they've kind of changed their game plan when those three are on the field versus when they're not. Like, it, it's not always a, uh, they're, they're an adaptive offense, I think. I, I, when one of their big wide receivers or, you know, if both of them are out, they tend to lean into like Joe Mixon, right? And, um, rather than saying, hey, we'll run three wide receiver sets heavy with Chase Higgins and Boyd, and one of them goes out, we'll just replace that person with another person. Like, if you look at the other guys that are running routes, like Trent Irwin, he would be my replacement, I think. Like, in week five, he did run 82% of the routes, and he was heavily involved. But after that, last he was 20%. The week before that, it was 21%. I do think he is the one that probably benefits the most. If you're in a deeper league and need someone to fill in outside of Tyler Boyd, obviously, Irwin would be my pick there. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect like since he just plug and play all the receivers because they don't typically do that. And it, oh, you having a good one. I got hurts on buy, so should I start Jordan Love, Baker, or Falcons legend Taylor Heineke? Simmer down, settle down with that. Uh, I do like Heineke for a little bit of a bounce back this week. Uh, plays against the Cardinals, he can move a little bit. And we got Jordan Love who can't fucking hit the backside of the barn. Some people say, and then you got Baker, Tampa Bay versus Tennessee, which is definitely a defense that could be had. I think I would go Baker. He feels like the safest combination of combination of um, floor and the other the other guys' floors are just fucking scary. But I do like Taylor Heineke a little bit with Drake London coming back. I kind of didn't expect anything from him with Drake London out, right? Like Mac Hollins is your wide receiver one. What the fuck are you supposed to do there? Uh, I, I think Heineke could be a sneaky start, but ultimately I, w- I would definitely play Baker here. The matchup's good. He's got his weapons at full strength. Evans, uh, Godwin, Otten's kind of eating a little bit. Rashad White's super involved in the passing game, so I, I like Baker there. With a chance coming back, do you think most of touches will decrease significantly? I think that... Um, Mosert and HM will will have similar splits to what we had in the middle of the year. I don't think they want to ride either guy. I think it's more likely that Mosert gets 20 touch games than HN does, but HN has he's carved out a role that does not really affect him in terms of other running backs. Like um sorry that that didn't really make sense. But what I meant by that was HN has his role I think in this offense and it's these 12 to 14 touches a game. And it doesn't matter what the other guy's roles are. For Mostert, if there's going to be a split or a change in the depth chart or a change in like the number of touches and where they go at the running back position, it'll be between Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Salvin Ahmed. But I don't think that's likely to happen. Like I don't think he starts it, realistically the risk. Is, so what I'm so what I'm ultimately trying to say is that the fact that they have so many backs back there or heads back there the risk of someone losing touches is Mostert, but I don't think it's really going to happen. His volume will decrease a little bit just in the sense of, of course, there's another person in that backfield, but I still think um, he's 
completely startable. I think this offense is great and going to do fine in matchups that are really, really good when they have really tough matchups or really tough run defenses. That's where you might that that's where the conversation starts about like is Mostert a guy that I want in my RB two slot or even the flex spot. But I think more often than not, he'll still get like a, a minimum of twelve touches. I think they're very different roles, and they both carved out like their own roles. If Chase sits out, do I pick up and start Boyd or Pop Douglas? Ooh, good question. Uh, I would definitely go with Boyd there. I mean, he becomes their like their alpha pretty much with with Higgins and Chase out. Though I do I do like I do like Douglas. I, I think uh, Boyd just has a lot more. I think they'll have similar floors where it's like four for fifty, five for fifty. But Boyd definitely has a lot more upside given Burrow's health. With Tyreek on by, I picked up Shahid. What do you think? I also have Downs on the bench because he's questionable. Yeah, Downs is really, really um, nerve-wracking for me. He's There's just too many injuries happening right now. Uh, he's definitely less than 100%. They're traveling really far. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty off that right now. Uh, Shahid, I, I actually think that, that could be a fine start. I think Shahid will be fine. So uh, I wouldn't feel terrible about it. Vikings defense is I'll give them a little bit a little bit of credit they're they're a little bit better than I expected them to be um this year overall I thought they were going to be just a a a tragedy but they're still allowing a lot of points to wide receivers they are allowing the let's see Minnesota where are you the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers per game they are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to outside wide receivers, which is Shahid. Sometimes you see these splits of teams that allow big games to wide receivers altogether, but then we don't really like siphon it down to slot wide receivers versus outside wide receivers because a lot of times these receivers, like Shahid, is a is an outside guy. That's where he's going to eat. But for instance, like Pittsburgh played against Tennessee couple weeks ago and everyone was really high on like D hop after that big game from Levis Pittsburgh allows the single most fantasy points per game to wide receivers in the slot, but their fantasy points allowed to outside wide receivers is way worse 27th in the league. So there is a differentiator there for the types of receivers and the type of defense that you play dictates where you let the zones open up on defense. Um, so they're they're different types of guys. So that that bodes well for uh, Shahid. Your girl. Don't forget if you're watching this afterwards, the way to sign up, the way to get in here, the way to um, the way to yap with me. BDG.co, BDGE.co. Ask any questions that you want on a beautiful Saturday. What else is going on, y'all? What are you doing this weekend? What's everybody up to? Talk to me. Yell at me. Hang. Nobody? Nothing? I'm about to put a shot clock on y'all. I'm going to give it 30 more seconds. I wonder how delayed this is. 30 more seconds. No questions come in. We'll dip a little early. We'll call it a summer Friday. Mm. 
Yeah, we got one. There we go. And how do you feel about starting Kyler Murray? I have Mahomes on by. I, I feel okay about Kyler, actually. Um, if you start to look around Vegas, and by Vegas, I mean underdog, they have his rushing total at like 26 and a half. So they're expecting him to scoot a little bit. And I, I kind of think he's going to. I think most people are going to be like, ah, oh, you know, he's coming back from the injury. He's not going to be able to move. He's not going to be mobile. I don't think they'd push him back unless they felt like he could really compete for them. It's a one and a half point spread against Atlanta. Sad. I think Kyler will be fine. I actually think he'll be pretty good. Super delayed. Okay, that makes sense. I wonder why that is. It's probably the new setup or whatever I have in here. Who would you hold? Gallup or Cooks? They both piss me off. I definitely wouldn't hold Gallup. I have that. Gallup is just, he is, he makes me sick. He actually, he actually pisses me off. I, I would uh, get rid of Gallup. He's the one that's starting to lose snaps to Jalen Tolbert. Cooks is, Cooks is bad, too, but he's still, um, but at least he's, he's still playing. So I, I would definitely hold Cooks over Gallup. Do you think Green Bay is going to continue to try to make it work with Jordan Love? I want to be able to start CWAP, but don't feel good with Love under center. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's impossible to feel good with Watson right now um, and Love. And I, I don't think he's going to get bench this year we're actually just talking about this in the office um i don't think love gets benched this year but i think they're now the way that they set up their the contract with love they have a real decision to make in the offseason do we start over again you know do we look for the next qb or do we make it work with this guy again um his leash is not going to be long i can't imagine his they, they might just go the kenny pickett route man like where pickett was bad his rookie year last year, but he was a rookie where Jordan Love had years to learn under Aaron Rodgers, so it's a little bit different, obviously, but they were they were both picked in the general same vicinity in terms of where the uh, draft capital. Jordan Love was the 26th pick, I believe, and Pickett was 20, 20th, 21st maybe. Um, so they have similar leashes, especially given that they are playing kind of the same level of football. Um, Pickett got a second year. We'll see. I, I, I don't think Love gets benched anytime soon because they have nothing behind him, man. There's no, there's no reason to. It's not like it's not like they're um, like I don't I don't I don't know what purpose it would serve to have Sean uh, whatever his fucking name is Sean who's their backup some bullshit um, yeah I I just don't think we're gonna get to a point where you feel comfortable with Watson under center like even if you saw even if we saw a five for one hundred touchdown game this weekend from Love to Watson does that make you does that make you feel comfortable with Watson in your lineup like probably not really he would really need to kind of like go off on a heater similar I guess to the end of last year. Uh, to to feel good. Tank or Godwin? Oh, that's Tank for me for show. Tank's a beast. And Nico's out. Definitely Tanky Tanky. Cute setup though. That's what I'm saying. It's also like way more. It's a, it's a little. I, I don't know. It, it's a give and take. It's way more comfortable for me. Like I love just kind of sitting in this chair and chilling. It's much easier for me to just, you know, yap. Um, but it's a little weird cause like my screen is up there and then my laptop's down here and there's a lot of wires and stuff. So what I'm at my normal setup, I have like the screen and the laptop right next to me. So as I'm like, I can like research and do a bunch of different things and have 72 tabs open and do that simultaneously while talking with you guys where now it's more like sit back and I just kind of, I got to rip off the top of the head, which is normally what I do, I guess, but I have, you know, backup resources to, um, to feed, to feed the lies that I tell you. 
Also, do you think Michael Wilson is going to get a bump rest of the season with Kyler coming back? I really hope so. Me too, dude. Me too. I'm, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am very excited to see him play with, um, see him play with Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I want to check for updates on Michael Wilson just to make sure. We have his status correct. My goat. That is projects 70% chance to play week 10. Expect low performance impact if active. Comments suggest mild AC sprain. Colin Murray commenting on Michael Wilson. Yeah, I, I think we'll see a nice little second half of the year. Your Euro. So, I'll be rooting with you. Your wire management stresses me out. Yeah, you have no fucking idea what it looks like in here behind me. There are no fewer than like 60 wires going around this place in the in the 10 feet that's in front of me. But good news is in the new office that we'll be moving into in the uh, early new year, we have a set designer, a professional set designer setting things up for us. So hopefully that means everything will be taken care of. So I'm not out here fucking tripping over things. What I'd like to do is have everything kind of like screwed into the wall and automated in a sense so that like when we have these big softbox lights, they don't need to be on a massive tripod that takes up a ton of floor space with a ton of wires. We want to drill into the ceiling and have like tripod accessories kind of come through so you could screw things in there. And I'd like to do that with cameras from the wall. Or the way we have our studio set up right now, there's not a ton of like extra space to have cameras move back and like up against the wall and stuff. We kind of just have to make it work here, which is fine, obviously, but it would just make life a lot easier. These things were organized a bit. It's a fucking mess. It could be messier, though. It really could be. It's not like a total frat house in here. It's just really close. I'll just be tired. No, you. And the whole world can Cade or Ingram have PPR? This is a fire question. Let me let me uh, let me cook on this a little bit. So Ingram's been about as steady as they come, but Kincaid has been going crazy with knocks out. Buffalo plays against Denver on Monday night. You also have Diggs a little banged up, but he apparently said he's 100% going to play, so I'm not even really going to look into that. You got the Jags playing against San Francisco, a tough defense, but I don't think they're that great against tight ends. Let's let's look into this a little bit. What, what scoring is? Half PPR, okay. I, I really don't see a world where I'm sitting. Like Ingram's floor is probably – I don't even actually know if Ingram, Ingram's floor is better, but Kincaid's showing a fucking hell of a ceiling. Uh, the Broncos are the third worst team against the tight end so far this year. The Niners are actually pretty fucking good. So that feels like it's uh, relatively easy of a choice. My my gut feeling 
would have been Kincaid and now looking at uh, some different numbers, I, I'm definitely rolling. I, I don't think there's a way that you can actually sit Kincaid at this point. New office, new year, better wire management, worse company management. That's my, um, that's the motto. Your your Thank you for yapping at me. It was an honor. It was an honor and a pleasure. All right, y'all. I'm going to dip out. If there are no more questions, again, if you're watching this afterwards, make sure to go sign up. Become a Big Dog member. BGE.co. And I'll... um. Damn, I want to live stream before the games kick off, but there's there's been so many international games that I, there's no time to do it in between. So... Uh, yeah, I'll see you Monday then for the live stream recap of the week. Goodbye. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.